ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Nightlife. News breakdown. Well, one of the investigations into why the cost of living has escalated for Australians over recent times reported today. Bluntly titled Inquiry into Price Gouging and Unfair Pricing Practices. It was prepared uh, for the Australian Council of Trade Unions by former ACCC Chairman, Economist and Lawyer Alan Fells. Now, his report's got 35 recommendations. He launched it at the National Press Club today in Canberra to, and he outlined what he sees as what needs to be done. His assessment was pretty blunt. In conclusion, a significant part of the cost of living crisis has been caused by companies in uncompetitive markets taking advantage of their market power and relying on gaps in government policy to squeeze consumers and often suppliers to breaking point. Reform to curb this is urgent. Well, Professor Fells examined what might be influencing pricing behaviour in the general high inflation environment we've all been enduring. And who are the main offenders? How do they do it? And how it impacts everyday Australians? Look, putting aside that, you know, I suppose you get what you pay for if you commission reports. Um, joining us for Nightlife News Breakdown once again tonight to have a look at it is Emily Barrett, Managing Editor of the Saturday Paper. Emily, good evening. Welcome back to Nightlife. Thanks. Good to talk to you. It's a pretty scathing assessment. Look, as I said, I'm, you know, you make the point that, it, well, I made the point that it's commissioned by the ACTU, so... I'm not saying Dr. Fells, you know, necessarily sings to the song he's paid for, but still, it's uh, it's pretty it's pretty stark and clear, isn't it, as to what he thinks the problems are. Oh yeah, no, he was uh, Alan Fells is pretty succinct, and uh, and he can be. I mean, he's been dealing with pricing issues for the better part of fifty years, so mm. he he knows his stuff. And this, you know, this was a big one for the ACTU um, because you know it really gets that first chance to say maybe inflation isn't something that's the the fault of wages growth. Um, you know, it's sort of the endorsement of that argument that's been going on for some time about you know can we blame the cost of living crisis on the workers themselves, or are we going to look into whether or not there's some problem with the way that monopolies and a lack of competition and now this idea that there's been some price gouging might be sort of contributing to the problem. So, you know, as you say, it's handed to the government now to work out what to do with the 35 recommendations. Um, but Fells really had some had some pretty strong things to say, as you're saying. I mean, along the top line issues, he, his basic summary was that there's a serious policy gap on prices um, because there's no government body that focuses on high prices um, the ACCC only looks at price collusion. Um, so he wants a number of things. He wants to restore legal powers that the government had back um, at the time when the GST was introduced. Um, and that's to basically to expose and name and shame firms that are, are charging excessive prices in, in his sort of phrasing. Um, in addition, he's called for a body that would be like an independent national competition and prices commission. Um, and that would uh, revive national competition policy. So um, one function would be to remove the federal, state and local government restrictions on competition that increase prices. Um, I think he also was talking about having a an independent price commission function that would investigate high prices, so as a, as a sort of standing body. That's right. He wants a body that would be, a, his words, an independent national competition and prices commission that would revive national competition policy. So one function would be to remove 
federal, state and local government restrictions on competition that increases prices, but also a standing price commission function that would investigate high prices. Mind you, one of the problems here is that the federal government has no power to control prices. I mean, they've tried to in the past get constitutional power to do that, but they don't. So you'd think that might be a problem. But anyway, putting that aside, this is Alan Fells explaining what he thinks we need. Better to establish an independent national competition and prices commission drawn from the Commonwealth, states and territories. It would implement the welcome decision by the Commonwealth and I think supported by the states to revive the national competition policy which attacks the many government restrictions, federal, state, local, on competition which are all exempt from competition law. And that function would be linked with a standing price commission function. The former function, the competition one, is about removing restrictions on competition which cause high prices. The latter is about investigating high prices and restrictions on competition which cause them overlapping work. Yeah, yes, he's, he, he wants courts to be able to order companies to divest functions as they do in the USA. I mean, that mm-hmm. might have some teeth, mightn't it? Yeah, no, that's a pretty uh, that's a pretty strong recommendation, and we've certainly seen. I mean, it's interesting in in the US, we've seen that sort of power being used by the courts to to break up the oil and tobacco and chemical companies. So that that sort of thing has been um, has been very effective in the past in in the states, and um, and he does you know he has said that the sanctions that exist in the law here are far too weak, and companies are just blasé about them. Mm. Um, so this kind of this kind of change would make them sort of sit up. And take notice. Mm. Yes, he says sanctions on companies that increase prices are currently ineffective, um, and divestiture might get them to take notice. That means, you, I suppose, what he's saying here is, if you, you know, if you if you're found to guilty of artificially high prices, we we might order you to to sell aspects of your business, though, therefore, to make them more competitive. That would. <laughs> That would set the uh, the fox Head amongst the, 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 yeah, exactly. the fox amongst the hens, wouldn't it? Um, yeah. He also had something to say about mergers and no compete clauses, didn't he? Yeah. So now there's a couple of things here that aren't terribly controversial. I mean, things that have been done elsewhere in the world. That um, the ACCC has proposed to introduce um, compulsory pre-merger notifications. This is something that Fels is supporting. It's pretty simple, and it's a common requirement pretty much everywhere in the world. Um, the Commission's also proposed a reverse onus of proof, and that would require the parties to any merger to um, to provide evidence or to satisfy the ACCC that the acquisition wasn't likely to substantially reduce com- competition. Um, he's sort of gone on a little further, though, and this one is um, it, it, is a sort of a grander extension that to recommend no compete clauses in employment contracts be banned. Um, because I guess the rationale there is it prevents people from moving easily between jobs. Mm. Um, and, and these are pretty widespread clauses. I, I, no, I, I'm kind of surprised by some of the figures on this. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, that seems to be one of the more radical kind of suggestions. Mm. Yeah, think about competition. It's, 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 it's such a comp, seems to be such a complicated area because, after all, you might argue there's not, not enough competition in the, in the, for example, the supermarket sector, even though... You know, there are two majors which own most of it, Coles and Woolworths, but there's also Aldi, the foreign competitor, and they've got a, they've got a market slice. There's also independent grocers, IGA and others. But 
you know, finding actual competition. I don't know. They've been down this road, the ACCC, in the past on petrol prices, haven't they, without, I must say, any real success. Well, he's singled out a couple of different areas, obviously. So the big four banks, obviously, is still an area of concern uh, for Fells. He also talked about um, energy, wholesale prices, et cetera, and, uh, and the airlines. Mm. Uh, and we know that Qantas is certainly coming for a lot of discussion about uh, anti-competitive behaviours recently. Um, so, yeah, but we do have in Gina Cascot-Lead, uh, an ACCC head who seems to be very committed to basically holding companies more to account than we've seen in the past. So this could be interesting. I mean, she seems very, very willing to set about some pre- pretty um, pretty strong changes. Mm. Emily Barrett, Managing Editor of the Sunday Papers with us. Mind you, it's an ACTU report. Um, I mean, the government can place it where they place most reports, can't they? That is quite right. Mm. 35 recommendations. Who knows where it goes? Yes. All right, look, uh, the Reserve Bank's been in the news this week, uh, Emily. I know you've been having a look at this, uh, some glimmers on or glimmers of light regarding the cost of living this week. Yeah, and this is something that seems to have, um, I mean, look, normally when you have central bankers making statements, you get almost as many different interpretations of it as there are words in the statement. Um, But this is a new start for the RBA in the sense that in the wake of the review that was commissioned by Treasurer Chalmers last year, um, there was re- there's really a push in that review to foster more transparency, more clarity of communications from the central bank, more accountability and better decision making. And so there are a ton, there were 51 suggestions, I think, in this report, and all of which were, um, as, as we've discussed before, were taken up by the RBA. And certainly Michelle Bullock has been a very willing um, participant and, in fact, a strong advocate of some of these changes. Mm-hmm. Um and so, you know, this first press conference this week, um, there doesn't seem to have been any change amongst sort of, what, you know, Australia's Wall Street, I guess, amongst the sort of the banks and, uh, and investment companies to actually change much of their view. They're pretty strongly of the opinion that there are going to be sort of two rate cuts this year, or at least that rate cuts will start this year. Um, whereas Michelle Bullock is really trying very hard to say um, that the risks remain sort of balanced to either a a further hike or a cut. Um, she was she was trying to say that their main concern. She was putting a lot of emphasis on the need to bring inflation down to target, and they don't see inflation returning to the midpoint of that two to three percent target until 2026. And so she wants to keep her options open and her flexibility to move as needed. If the data start to suggest that they're not moving that way, so really. You know, where you might look at what the banks are saying, that smart money appears to be potentially on cuts, but at the same time, there is a fair amount of concern still remaining at the bank that, you know, inflation could still be sort of clinging on, particularly with stronger services inflation than they had expected. Mm. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that's that's part of the challenge anyway. Emily Barrett's with us, Managing Editor of the Saturday Paper. We're, uh, we're in the Nightlife News Breakdown Uh on the closing the gap, or well, we're not closing the gap. That's the point, really. Uh, this week, the sad news that Luitra O'Donoghue, one of uh, well, a great Australian, Luitra O'Donoghue, one of a, in, one of Australia's great advocates for uh, for her people, has died. But damning findings also emerged this week too from the Productivity Commission. Now, this is an independent economic think tank. You should. You should uh, always take notice of what the Productivity Commission um, uh, writes about. They they provide a lot of hard-headed advice, and they've been advising the federal government about how unsuccessful 
so-called closing the gap efforts have been. This closing the gap refers to to policies which are supposed to improve life expectancy, education, health and housing for First Nations people, but the Commission's found that governments across the country are simply failing. And as business as usual and government knows best approaches are simply not working. Well, you know, gee, you can bang your head against the wall and say, yeah, 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 we've heard this for years. What's going on? Prime Minister Anthony Albanese says governments need to do better. Yeah, well, yes, exactly, Sherlock. Well, we need to do more. We need to do more, and the government acknowledges that. Uh, We're doing work, particularly at the moment, across a range of issues. We're talking about how do you build housing in remote Australia? How do you increase uh, the use of justice reinvestment? How do you create employment through Indigenous Rangers programs? How do you convert the CDP what effectively is a work for the Dole program, into real jobs with real skills, creating real opportunity for First Nations people? How do you improve health outcomes for Indigenous Australians? Uh, All governments need to do better. Yeah, well, they do. We know that. We know that. In many instances, we know what to do. But we don't do it. Emily, what's, what's going on? Oh, well, not very much. I mean, it mm. seems there's been such a deafening silence on strategies um, to address Indigenous disadvantage since the failure of the referendum in October last year. It it seems as if anyone, everyone has more or less retreated to their yep. respective corners on this. Um, and, you know, the Commission has got its recommendations that the government, actually, it seems to be the flavour of it is just, you know, give up this paternalistic need to... Um, to sort of, uh, you know, involve um, the government knows best, you know, taking this approach, um, that there needs to be more sort of sharing of ideas with Indigenous communities and more involvement, which is exactly really what I guess the voice was supposed to try and achieve. Um, It seems that in the rejection of that, uh, we haven't had any practical suggestions to fill uh, that particular vacuum. And what's more, you know, the very disheartening thing, obviously, is that since the referendum, we've also seen states' plans for treaty to be scaled back. And, um, you know, it, it does feel that there has been steps backwards in terms of even what Indigenous people were, were requesting in terms of uh, the Aluru statement from the heart, certainly. Um, so practical suggestions, these things that were discussed, you know, ad infinitum by Peter Dutton and by um, the leading no campaigners throughout the uh, throughout the lead up to the referendum, just there's been no practical suggestions made. Mm. Yes, it's easy to get depressed about all this, I suppose. Uh, as I say, you know, we're a rich country, we ought to be doing better about this. And we've been talking about doing better. We continually talk about doing better. There's an annual report to Parliament, which says we ought to be doing better. But this year it'll say the same thing that it said last year and the year before and the year before that. Yeah, and it just it just seems as if the like so many things that fail at referendum or in, in key points of sort of a, a political party strategic thinking, you know, the willingness to take up any aspect of that or even to touch it, it's like the lightning rod all of a sudden. So mm. um, you know, the thing that's you know, leading no campaigns, you know, we were just talking about this, but Warren Mundine and Justin Price, who who were, you know, echoing all of these statements of Dutton's, we've only seen Price, I think she was recently in a protest against renewables in Canberra and on 2GB was, was mounting a case against an Indigenous Governor-General. It, it seems as if, you know... Uh, all of these ideas, you know, there was a Royal Commission flagged, you know, just sort of almost just cynical thinking. So, 
Um, Mm. Yeah, it's hard to imagine where the new ideas might come from, or in what forum that could that could arise. But certainly, there's uh, there's not a willingness to, to take it. All right, yeah. Emily, let's leave it at that. <laughs> let's leave it at that point. But uh, I do thank you for your time, Emily Barrett, the managing editor of the Saturday Paper. Thanks, Emily. Thanks a lot. Cheers. You've been listening to a Nightlife podcast. For more great conversations about the issues that impact you, as well as features on travel and food, head to the Nightlife webpage. You'll find it at abc.net.au slash nightlife. You don't need to be a night owl to enjoy the nightlife. 